glad to welcome you today to our show, the Pastor Roundtable. And uh, with us today, we have several guests, and our topic will be on vocations. So uh, listen in for the next hour here on WSFI. Join us as we consider uh, how vocations are going in the church today, especially vocations to the priesthood and the religious life. I'd like to begin in prayer. Uh, So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you uh, that you are the Lord of the harvest. And we pray, send laborers into your harvest uh, to gather together from every nation uh, your holy people, the body of Christ. Uh, We pray for all young people uh, who are considering a vocation to the priesthood of religious life. Please, Lord, we ask you, uh, help them to offer you a generous and free response uh, to glorify you in their lives, especially the life of priests, deacons, and the consecrated life. Uh, Please raise up a new generation of young men and women who desire to serve you and glorify you each and every day. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Queen of Peace, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So again, this is Father Mike McGovern. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, and uh, we're here today on WSFI, and our topic is vocations. Uh, With me in the studio, I have Deacon Clay Kimbrough, uh, who's a a deacon, transitional deacon in the Diocese of Wichita, uh, on his way to being ordained a priest this spring after Easter. And also with us in the studio is Ryan Adorjan of the Diocese of Joliet, who will be ordained a transitional deacon this spring. And in a few minutes, we'll have a call-in guest, uh, Father Tim Monahan, who is the new, brand new, vocation director for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Uh, so while we're waiting a few minutes, uh, Father Tim will be calling shortly. Uh, I'd like to just begin with uh, Deacon Clay and with Ryan, talking a little bit about vocations today. So you're both uh, seminarians at Mundelein Seminary. Uh, you both have been in seminary for a while. Tell us, uh, from your perspective, uh, what is going on that you see as good signs in vocations today? Thank you, Father, for having us on. Um, I think what you really see, uh, first of all, with young men in the seminary today is a, a great love um, for the tradition of the church, but also for um, the future, for helping those uh, in most need uh, in this, this era of, of Pope Francis and the uh, year of mercy. We've been greatly affected by um, people on the margins, people who are in difficult situations in life, and just trying to bring um, care and compassion to their woundedness. We come from a generation where a lot of us weren't raised in the faith. We had solid foundations, but some of our parents may have not been raised in the faith. And so we're kind of searching, generation where we're just searching for something. And especially in the Diocese of Wichita, I think one of the best things uh, that we see is this idea of stewardship. And when I hear about stewardship, I think first of all, most people think of the word money uh, when they hear stewardship. They automatically think of tithing. But for me, it's it's something more than that. Right. So things like time, talent, treasure, commitment, those kinds of things? Yes. Yeah. So in, in Wichita in the 80s, uh, Bishop Eugene Gerber, a bishop there, really focused on stewardship as a way of life, as a whole way of that basically saying everything we've received in this life is a gift, not just our money, our jobs, our talents. Um, our gifts, and it's all to be given back to God in a return of love, uh, you know, love of God and neighbor. And so that was drilled into us as young kids. I remember Mm -hmm. in the Catholic schools, we memorized the definition of stewardship. 
And uh, that has borne fruit. We now have, uh, you know, upwards of 55 seminarians. We're actually ordaining 10 priests in my class from Wichita this year and 10 deacons as well. So we're very blessed. That's wonderful news. And I think that's the result of a lot of seeds were planted over the years. As you mentioned, Bishop Gerber, that whole spirituality of stewardship obviously has caught hold of the diocese, and you see it in Catholic education, support for parish life, groups like the Knights of Columbus and the very strong programs, uh, but then especially in vocations. So there's going to be 10 ordained to the priesthood this year, and you anticipate next year another 10, is it? Yes, so 10 ordained to the diaconate this year as well. Which is just remarkable. That's a great blessing from the Lord. How about, uh, I want to turn to Ryan uh, Adorjan from the Diocese of Joliet. Tell me, Ryan, as you welcome to the show today, what would be some things that you would reflect upon and saying, well, this is really positive about where vocations, because Joliet is doing very well. Wichita uh, has really hit the ball out of the park, but Joliet's doing very well, too. Yeah, doing very, very well. I'm not sure we can catch up with our friends in Wichita, but we're trying very hard. Uh, Right now, Joliet has 42 seminarians, which is the highest number in about 30 years or so. Um, And it's just been really neat to see the way that uh, our vocation director, Father Burke Masters, has been able to take um, what really is, I guess, a fairly open playing field and starting a lot of these new initiatives. Uh, among them is the Here I Am Lord Conference. Over three days, we have almost every Catholic grade school student come through, um, and they meet the seminarians. They meet people from all over the country, religious orders from all over the country, and they get to witness what it is to live a life dedicated to Christ. Uh, just what Deacon Clay was saying, you know, we were all raised catholic for the most part but what does that mean it wasn't Mm -hmm. really a way of life it was sort of you do this you know you pray you pay and you obey and that's it but i think what i have found the most in my own life is this desire for a companion Mm -hmm. on the way you know in my life Mm -hmm. and christ didn't come to make our lives miserable and he didn't come to um you know, to give us more problems, but he came to mm-hmm. walk with us and to be with us in those problems and to transform us from within. So t- I, I think to be able to have that experience and just to look at my own life of finding the, t- the great and abiding joy in mm-hmm. following and in doing what Christ has invited me to do, and then having these opportunities set up by Father Burke and through the bishop mm-hmm. and through the different uh, different avenues, to be able to share mm-hmm. that joy with other people has made a huge difference. Right. I think we live in a time when many people, you know, sin is is a sense of, I want what I want now. Yeah. Yet, uh, God's grace at work in our lives, we say, here I am, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do when you want me to do it. Yeah. And so I, I think there's a, a large difference between uh, kind of a, a selfish heart uh, or a generous heart. And certainly I think it's very encouraging both with uh, young women and young men seeing uh, some wonderful, generous hearts responding to the Lord uh, in the United States today. Uh, how about Deacon Clay? Let me come back to you for a second about what about the, um, uh, the, the, the par- parents? You know, when you think about when a young man says to uh, a mother or father, you know, well, uh, here's what I'm thinking of doing with my life, and if it's not too personal a question, maybe just to ask about, because uh, I'm hearing this from many, many sources where they say, you know, one of the biggest groups of people we need to, to, to reach out there are the parents. The, the priesthood is a, a mystery, but we can take a little bit of the mystery out of it and ex- sharing a little bit more about our lives and that parents can understand your son can be happy in this. So can you say a word about, about parents and what can we do to bring parents on board? Yeah, I think uh, the parents are huge. This morning, we actually had a lecture at Mundelein from a professor at Notre Dame, and he said the single greatest factor for any kid in youth group, whether they are in the faith 10 years later, is their parents. Uh, So the parents are obviously an essential 
factor in all of our lives. And when you tell your your, your parent uh, that you want to be a priest, I mean, there's a number of responses. I think every guy has a different story. Um, in my case, and I think in Ryan's somewhat too, we've seen the beauty of our parents growing deeper into their faith as we have been a part of this vocational call. And so they had laid the foundation. Uh, my parents, my dad's a convert, uh, my mom, a uh, lifelong Catholic, and they had laid the foundation of Sunday Mass and, and all that for me. But it's still a mystery, right? It's a mystery. Why would my son want to choose um, celibacy? Why would he give up grandkids? Why would he give up my chance at grandkids and his chance at kids? Um, all these different things. And it really comes down to this great gratitude of what we've received from God and, and love and a response back to Him. And so uh, it's truly been beautiful t- for me to see how my parents have both taken a holy hour. They both have a Eucharistic holy hour mm-hmm. of adoration each week. Um, they're both involved in the Sarah Club now. And these are the things that um, weren't even on the radar seven, eight years ago before right. I was in seminary. And so they've seen that if this is something that's so important to my son, well, then... You know, I want to be a part of that, too. Ryan, uh, share a little bit, building on, on what Deacon Clay just said. When you look at parents, um, you know, here in the United States, I mean, parents, they love their children. They want what's best for them. They want their child to be happy. Uh, but then when uh, a son says, uh, well, I, I think what I'd like to do, and I think it's going to bring me a good amount of joy, is to respond to the Lord's call and, and become a, a Catholic priest today. What are some of the things that you think are on the minds of parents that maybe we as a church community need to address uh, more widely? Sure. Uh, well, I, I just know that in my own case, I was uh, studying to be a high school English teacher at North Central College in Naperville when I told my mom that I was thinking about changing this dream and going away to the seminary. And at first she was not exactly thrilled about it. I mean, the priesthood was not a surprise to her, uh, but she wasn't exactly jumping for joy because what does the culture say that we need to be happy today? You need to have money and you need to be married and you need to have a nice house with a nice car and all these other things. And the priesthood does not readily offer those. Uh, and so it seems like you're not really going to be living a life of any kind of great joy or of, of lasting happiness or flourishing according to the world standards. And I think, f- especially if the vocation is a surprise uh, to the parent, that you surprise them by saying you want to go to the seminary, then that can be hard for them to accept. But just like Deacon Clay, I mean, my mom now has a Eucharistic Holy Hour every week. Um, she's actually on her way now to pick me up, and we're going to go <laughs> to a... a a, a parents of priests and seminarians oh, meeting, terrific. which is a, a great step in the Diocese of Joliet. And so what the parents, I think, need to see is that this is a great, if this is what God wants for your son, then this is going to be the way that he is ultimately the happiest. I think we want to say sometimes a little piously, like, oh, we'll follow whatever God wants him to do. But then when it's that's not what I want him to do, it can be kind of difficult for them. But my mom, I remember, told me once that she knew that this was going to be okay when she first came to visit me in college seminary my first mm-hmm. year. And she could see not just that I was happy, but that I was in a, an environment where everybody was happy. And that this was something that really seems to be lifting us up and fulfilling to us. And I think we've also seen that our parents have ultimately become happier through our journey, which Amen. is a, yeah. a, an amazing gift. That um, when you, we talk about spiritual fatherhood, so for me, I'm going to have many children in the parish very, very soon. But I've also seen my mom and my dad, uh, but my mom especially be like a spiritual grandmother to all these families that I've already met too. Like it's incredible to see how involved in the parish and how they just love being a part of, of whatever parish we're in. So, 
Wonderful. I mean, these are great responses and these are great insights for our discussion about vocations and hearing the Lord's call and responding. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by Father Tim Monahan of the Archdiocese of Chicago, our new vocation director. Don't go away. Stay with us. Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I, I believe Catholic Radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way. And it's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Hi, this is Sharon Brummer with Catholic Charities, serving people of all faiths in Southeast Wisconsin. We provide human services from adoption and pregnancy support to counseling, outreach services for people in crisis situation, in-home support for older adults. Visit us online at ccmke.org for more information and for a site close to you. That's ccmke.org. Hello and welcome back to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I'm Father Mike McGovern, a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, uh, joined by Deacon Clay Kimbrough of the Diocese of Wichita and Ryan Adorjan, a seminarian of the Diocese of Joliet. And uh, we're talking today about vocations. And I'm uh, reaching out now to Father Tim Monahan. Father Tim, are you on the line? I am. Hello, oh, Father Mike. Terrific. Hi, Terrific. Well, welcome onto the show. Uh, so, Father Tim Monahan is the brand new vocation director for the Archdiocese of Chicago. And, Father Tim, congratulations and thank you for accepting that that new responsibility. Uh, we're praying for every success. And I'm here in the studio with Deacon Clay and with Ryan talking about the great things going on in the Diocese of Wichita, the Diocese of Joliet. And uh, just wondered if you could say a few words today to us and to our audience about you know, how you look at the vocations in Chicago in the Archdiocese as you begin this new work. And what are some of the things that you find exciting and that you're looking forward to and that we can all be part of in the Archdiocese for vocation promotion? Well, thank you, Father Mike. I, I'm thrilled to be able to do this new position, and I'm honored that Cardinal Supich had this confidence in me and that Father John Karchi as well. 
I'm also very grateful for the hard work of Father Francis Bitterman and all the previous vocations directors who worked hard to get things rolling. Father Francis has really worked hard recently at encouraging, and this is what I really want to focus on, is encouraging a whole culture of vocations within the Archdiocese. It's something that we've had in the past. Families promoted, schools promoted, everybody was on the same page, more or less, and then we had a very strong number of vocations, but that somehow has been lost in the kind of the tumult of the past several decades. So I think it's very important. I've been blessed to be at a wonderful parish, Mary Seat of Wisdom in Park Ridge, and I visited numerous other parishes, and I just see that it is possible in parishes and in Catholic schools and in religious ed programs to start planting those seeds and to get it on the radar of our young boys and our young men to know that this is an incredible adventure that Jesus is calling us to, and there's nothing to be afraid of. And, and it's something that I would would love to work on in going around to the various parishes, schools, and also campus ministries in the Chicagoland area to encourage guys to think about this. Would you say in, in the, the culture today, are young adults delaying making a life decision? You know, there was a time when uh, a young man would decide at the age of 14 to go to the, col- uh, the high school seminary, then the college seminary, then the major seminary. Uh, but now I, I think a fair amount of vocations of the priest of the United States uh, young men are entering the seminary perhaps a little later in life. I think uh, possibly as many as 10% of all uh, priests, seminarians for the priesthood now are former military in the United States. A great number of vocations have come from those who served our nation in the armed services. Uh, what's your take? Are people delaying making life decisions? Uh, what do you think is going on in those formative years where people say, well, here's here's my plan, and here's what I, I would like to do with my life. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you know, I, there are numerous factors there, and I really wish I could have been at Mundline today to hear Dr. Christian Smith speak about this, because he's one of the foremost experts of what's going on amongst our youth. But one thing I've noticed just that within my own parish experience, working in youth group and with our college students and young adults, is, and I, and I tell parents this all the time, because a lot of parents will say to me, well, you know, is God still calling our vocation still possible to the priesthood or religious life? And I said, the crisis today is not a crisis of vocation. The crisis is a crisis of commitment. We're witnessing, I'm seeing amongst young people, I, I'm talking to a young girl in her 20s who's already graduated from college, and I'll kind of, she's dating somebody seriously, and I'll say, hey, you know, are you guys looking at getting married? And she'll just kind of freak out saying, well, why would you even talk to me about that? I, I'm, I'm still too young. I can't do that. And I'll say, well, you're, <laughs> you're not too young. I mean, Look at what, how old your parents were. I think of my own parents. I think of past generations. If, if we're afraid to commit, whether it's through fear of all the other possible things that I'm saying no to or just not feeling prepared or ready, for me, again, what I've seen in my own experience is very much a crisis of commitment. And we have to, I think, within the ministry and within families and schools, prepare our young people to be ready to make that commitment, to be ready to make that vow, whatever it's going to be, a marriage vow, a consecration vow or the promises of, the, of celibacy and vows to the priesthood. So it's something that is deeply fulfilling when we have witnesses who can talk about that commitment and that, again, that adventure of faithful commitment in Jesus Christ and to his church. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm seeing, and that's what I'd like to encourage people to do. I'm reminded of a, a book that John Hoy, the Jesuit, wrote uh, 35 years ago. The title was, Can Anyone Say Forever? And it was a question about, in the modern world, can people make and live a life commitment? And I think that's uh, in sync with what you're saying, Father Tim, that, uh, you know, I, I, but somehow only when we make a commitment 
and you know when you're young all the doors are open all the possibilities but part of maturity is you got to close a lot of those doors because you can only walk through one door so there's a renunciation involved in, in shutting the doors and all these other opportunities but somehow only in giving yourself completely will you ever realize the best of what your decision has to offer so that if people you know with any life decision if you try and keep hedging you're never really going to get settled in your calling uh, or enjoy the real fruit of your your life and your calling and commitment so i think you're right uh we live in a culture today where people are very fluid you know people move uh they don't stay in the same job for 40 years and get the gold watch at the end they're with a position or a company for a short time, and they keep moving. Um, so I think you're you're raising a great question about do we how do we help people grow in their commitments and realize they can be happy in those commitments, especially when we're talking about things like the priesthood or religious life. What advice would you give, Father Tim? I mean, you've been a priest for some years now, to a uh, a parent. You know, because we were talking earlier with Deacon Clay and with Ryan about, you know, where are the parents today on this whole thing about if your son, you know, took you out to breakfast and said, uh, Mom and Dad, uh, I've decided I'm, I'm going to apply to the seminary and I, I really feel that God's calling me to be a priest and, you know, I think God wants me to do this and I want to do this and I think I can do this. Uh, what would be your advice to a young man who finds uh, re- resistance in his parents in terms of his decision about becoming a priest? What do you think are the hurdles we have to, to work together to get over? Uh, my advice to young men, first of all, just to be very patient because there's, whenever God calls a young man to the priesthood, he is calling him to sacrifice, to the sacrificial gift of self for the, for the church, but also he's calling his family to sacrifice. Now that sacrifice is amply rewarded, and, and there really is a deep fulfillment and happiness that all of us can witness to, but it does take time for that to sink in. I remember early on in my own vocation, I was so excited. After an appropriate amount of discernment, I, I just there was a great fire and this great zeal, but I kind of forgot the fact that, you know, my siblings, my parents, they needed di- to digest this. They needed to process this and understand what is my brother, what is my son doing now? Mm-hmm. And, and so the first thing I would say is patience. The second thing is parents they need to have contact with, and, and young men need to have contact with priests who are inspiring, priests who are happy in their ministry, priests who have given themselves to Jesus and to his church, because in so seeing them, and it was what uh, I think it was one of the seminarians who was speaking earlier, you know, you see this and you say, well, they're happy. This, this is a great life. This is something that would make sense for me or would make sense for my, you know, for my, for my parents to see this. So I think it's very important to have patience, but then to have concrete contact with models of the priesthood who are happy doing what they're doing. Because that, for my own parents, that was a big moment to be able to see and interact with confident priests who are inspiring, bishops, etc., and be able to say, okay, my son's going to be okay. I trust these people who are forming him. I trust the local church. They're going to take care of him, and he's going he's gonna to be on this adventure. I don't know what's going to come necessarily, but I do know that it's going to be okay because God is good, and Jesus is the shepherd who's leading him. You know, Father Tim, our listening audience is very much uh, up here in Lake County, Illinois, McHenry County, uh, and Kenosha County, and Milwaukee County, Wisconsin. Uh, in this area that's, uh, I'd say, perhaps not as, as urban uh, than, like, the city of Chicago, um, you know, maybe more rural, uh, not as many maybe Catholic high schools, uh, 
Uh, you know, how do you build a culture of vocations here? It seems to me like a lot of this is the parish and the family are two key areas where uh, the seeds of vocation have to be planted. What what can be going on in family life to promote vocations, and what could be going on in parish life that really is going to build a culture of vocation? So I, I'm very fortunate within my own family. My younger brother is a Franciscan prior of the renewal, and he'll be ordained to the diaconate next year, God willing, and then the priesthood in two years. So out of four, eight uh, children in my family, and so two of us have been called to the priesthood, which is a huge grace. And I people ask me all the time, they say, well, gosh, your parents must have done something right. And my parents are fantastic. But when I, I grew up in a small town of 2,700 people, there was no Catholic school in sight. And I look back and I say, what, what did my parents do? Well, we had prayer before meals. They taught us to pray before going to bed. There was Sunday Mass. And they're just a great witness from them of stability, of love, of affection. There was, there was an incredible human formation, and I would say a, just a very simple but good spiritual formation that taught us all the kind of the fundamental virtues that we need in life and especially as priests. So I think, you know, in some of these rural areas, just keep it simple. Keep it simple, mm-hmm. but, but be able to focus on these basics of loving your children, teaching them, again, these, these very foundational virtues, teaching them to pray, making sure Sunday Mass is a cornerstone of your life, making sure reconciliation is part of, the, of your life. Right. I, I just think that's, that's so important for us to see. And then on the parish level, I, I was amazed once I was asked to be, become vocation director, part of me was a little embarrassed because I was thinking, you know, here, suddenly I'm looking at things in a whole new light within my own parish ministry. Right. And I was embarrassed because I thought, you know, why didn't I do this earlier? There are so many opportunities, whether it's at, you know, at youth group, whether it's during the Sunday homily, whether it's for the intercessory prayers. They're just to think of, you know, I think all of us within parishes need to think of every opportunity we can to evangelize, first of all. But secondly, we need to think of what are the opportunities in which I can invite young men to become priests, and obviously young women to think about religious life and to encourage faithful marriages. It goes across the board, but even just whenever whenever the bishop comes around for confirmation, is there a little fervorino there to talk, tell everybody to think about a vocation? It just kind of integrate across the board to challenge staff members, to challenge uh, the associate pastor, the pastor, just to say what are the ways in which we can continually keep this, not obviously in an obsessive way, but in an encouraging way. How can we keep this on the radar screen so that there can be some sort of resonance in the boy or the young man's heart saying, wow, they keep mentioning this, maybe it's for me. Uh, Excellent answers, excellent insights, uh, Father Tim. You know, I'm sitting here with Deacon Clay and with uh, Ryan Adrian from uh, Joliet, and uh, one of the things that strikes me is, you know, I've had the benefit this this year at my parish, St. Ray for the Archangel in Old Mill Creek, that uh, Deacon Clay Kimbrough from Wichita has been coming on Sundays to the parish uh, from the seminary and assisting as a deacon. And uh, uh, he spoke to our 7th and 8th graders in confirmation prep. He assisted with our confirmation retreat. You know, I I think it's been a a great blessing, you know, having Deacon Clay as part of the fabric of the parish because for the young people, uh, you know, I've been a priest 23 years. Uh, I think there's something, though, that they they take in a kind of a different way coming from a, a young adult like Deacon Clay who's on the road to becoming a priest, uh, he's in his mid-20s himself, uh, he's, he's entering into this life, and having that kind of contact with someone who's in formation, uh, I think is, is very important because 
uh, there's a credibility, I think, that the seminarians have, people like Deacon Clay or Ryan, when they work with young people and share their story, that they're on their way to the priesthood, uh, that somehow is, the young person here is in a little different tone. Um, and, and could you address that? What do you think there is about that that might, uh, Father Tim, why is it that sometimes young people themselves who are responding to God's call, they seem to be very effective communicators with, with youth? It just shows, it shows the possibility. That's, I think, the biggest thing, is that um, when, when we have people who are just a couple years removed or even 10 years removed from what they were living, it's, I always used to joke with adults, and I think back to when I was in high school or when I was in college, anybody who was graduated from college, just there was this kind of lump of adults. If you were graduated from college, it didn't matter if you were 22 or 75, you were just for an adult. So to be able to to be able to interact with people who are closer in age, suddenly it's something within the realm of possibility. I myself, I'm 39 years old. That number just doesn't mean much to a high school or college student. They say, well, you could be 59. It doesn't. It's hard for them to grasp that. But if you're 24, if you're 25, suddenly that's so much closer, and they can say, well, I was just in high school. You know, I, I know exactly what you're going through. That was just a few years ago. It's because it's so much closer within the realm of possibility. It, it challenges them in a much more proximate way than some of us who are a little bit older would, right. because it's easy for them to kind of discount it or write it off, say, well, that was then. Right, but and I, I think... Have the, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I just think it's easier for a young person to imagine himself or herself in the shoes of this, this young adult. You know, you're, you're just a exactly. little bit ahead of me exactly. on the curve. And, and so it's a bit easier to imagine prayerfully, well, what if I did this? Uh, what Ryan is doing or Deacon Clay is doing, uh, I think that's it's it's within their um, within their their zone, so to speak. Well, let's do this then. I want to ask Deacon Clay your thoughts uh, and Ryan about that uh, when we come back in a minute about uh, how your uh, ministry, in terms of speaking about vocation, sharing your vocation story, how that's been so important to reaching young people because you have a unique vantage point being in the seminary yourself at this time. We'll come back to that in a moment. You're listening to WSFI 88.5 FM, Catholic Radio from Antioch. Uh, Please stay with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hello, I'm Father James Kubicki, the U.S. Director of the Apostleship of Prayer, and I ask you to support Catholic Radio in your area because Catholic Radio is the way that we can get the word out today. It's Catholic evangelization at its best, and I've heard conversion stories all over the place because of people who have tuned in as they're driving or in their homes, listening to Catholic Radio by accident and the Lord touching their hearts through the message they heard. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online 
at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. You are invited to St. Joseph of Wilmette's Parish Lenten Mission. This year's talk will be titled Following in the Footsteps of St. Joseph with Father James Kubicki, a Jesuit and National Director of the Apostleship of Prayer. Please join them on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, March 20th through 22nd at 7.30 p.m. in St. Joseph's Church. Monday, the talk will be about Called to be a Disciple like Joseph. Tuesday, Encountering the Merciful Heart of Jesus with the Sacrament of Reconciliation following the talk. Wednesday, Living Our Baptismal Promises. For more information, call the parish office at 847-251-0771. That's 847-251-0771. The parish is located at 1747 Lake Avenue in Wilmette. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Welcome back to WSFI Radio, 88.5 FM, Catholic Radio. I'm Father Mike McGovern, a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, pastor of St. Raphael the Archangel Church in Old Mill Creek, joined uh, on the phone today by Father Tim Monahan, the new vocation director of the Archdiocese of Chicago. And in the studio, we have Deacon Clay Kimbrough of the Diocese of Wichita and Seminarian Ryan Adorjan of the Diocese of Joliet. Uh, so we're having an excellent conversation today on St. Patrick's Day uh, about vocations uh, to the priesthood and religious life, uh, focusing quite a bit on vocations to the priesthood. So coming back in the studio, I just want to uh, ask a question of both Deacon Clay and Ryan. You know, when you think about your own vocation story, uh, and respond to the Lord's call. Uh, what was going on in your life when you actually made the decision to, uh, as the Lord called, saying, follow me, that you had to kind of pick up and leave something or someone in order to respond to the Lord? What might be some of the things that were going on in your life? Deacon Clay? Yeah, so uh, I think Father Tim made a great point about how we don't want to commit to something forever. And uh, this... Uh, decision obviously requires sacrifice because it's a crazy thing that we're doing. Honestly, it is a crazy countercultural thing. Uh, nobody is doing this that's our age, uh, this day and age. But for me, I was a freshman uh, at Kansas State University, and I was in a relationship that was uh, on the verge of two years, something that I could definitely see kind of turning towards marriage. And I remember, um, you know, the woman I was dating was very good, uh, holy catholic woman she actually introduced me to like things like daily mass and adoration and she just asked me one day are do you ever ask god uh what he wants you to do with your life and i said well not really i guess kind of came to me that i just kind of followed my gut on where i was supposed to go to college what i was supposed to study 
And uh, she said, well, I think we should just, you know, start asking God, you know. That's the simplest way to be holy, to ask God what he wants and to align our life with that. And so I started asking, Father, and he started answering pretty quickly, honestly. Excellent. Excellent. Ryan, how about you? What was what was going on in your life when you really experienced the call, that sense of, I've got to do something like, you know, Lord, the Lord's tugging on my sleeve and I've got to respond somehow. But what was going on? I was, uh, as mentioned earlier, I was a freshman at North Central in Naperville studying to be a high school English teacher. And many senses, just living in the little castle in the sky that I had built for myself. I had planned out exactly... You know, how long I was going to teach before I went back to get a master's degree and how long I was going to do that. And then I'd become an administrator. And, like, I had my whole life built up, basically. And I got really involved at Saints Peter and Paul Parish in Naperville there. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to serve their midnight mass uh, in 2010 uh, for Christmas. And so I was serving mass. And in my case, it was an actual audio, audio uh, encounter. I, I heard my name called. And it was very strange. It was during the gospel time, and I heard someone say, Ryan, you know, and I thought mm-hmm. someone was trying to get my attention. I was also the incense guy, so I thought maybe sure. I was a little woozy or something, hearing mm-hmm. voices. Uh, but then Mass continued, and at the epiclesis, you know, when the, when the priest says, you know, send your spirit upon these guys and make them holy. And when the priest said, send your spirit, I heard my name again, mm-hmm. Ryan, that whisper. But the word priesthood came into my head. Right. And it was like a cheesy movie where, like, your life mm-hmm. flashes before your eyes. And I mm-hmm. saw, and it's just this dream that I had when I was seven, eight years old of becoming a priest came back to me. And I'm not sure what it was, but there was just this fire within that said, like, this is the time. You have to start doing this now. I want you to go to the seminary next year. It became very urgent to me. I right. can't explain the urgency. But um, that next fall, I entered at college seminary. Excellent, excellent. I, I think you're right about sometimes when, when God's plan is opening up in front of us, we do experience a kind of urgency, like this is life, follow it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and everything else takes on a different uh, hue in, in comparison because sometimes things that seem so important, it's like, well, no, I'm going to let go of that because this is the path that the Lord has opened up. Right. Let me ask you, Deacon Clay, you're what, six weeks from ordination to the priesthood? Six so weeks. So you're, you're very close to, you know, we've been a deacon now for a year, uh, six weeks away from being ordained a priest. What what goes through your mind? What goes through your prayer life as a young man about to be ordained a priest? Uh, what, what do you hope the Holy Spirit will do for you? You know, when we think about uh, your bishop placing his hands on you in that unbroken gesture that goes back to the very beginning with the apostles uh, and calling down the Lord's Spirit upon you, the Holy Spirit, what do you hope the Holy Spirit will do? What What do you, what's going through your mind and in your prayer in these uh, next few weeks? You know, Father, it's just been um, an amazing gift reflecting on the promises of ordination. Um, I think when you first are ordained a deacon, like Ryan will be in a few weeks, um, the promises are kind of uh, easy to make in the sense that you've been ready to make this commitment your whole life. You've been gearing up towards it. And now that I've already made that first promise at diaconate ordination, uh, these last 12 months have really been spent trying to make those firmly lived out in my life. And so I'm praying that God will um, give me the grace to really live out those promises. In particular, uh, one meditation has really been beautiful to me. comes from uh, St. John Paul II in his book called Gift and Mystery. He talked about how when the priest prostrates himself during the litany of saints at ordination, which is a beautiful moment, if any of you have been to an ordination, when the priest prostrates himself, he literally makes himself the floor. Um, but he's made the floor not to be an obstacle 
to the altar, but rather a bridge that people can walk over to get to the Lord at the altar. Um, so I'm praying that the Lord continues to make me this bridge, this vessel, um, this way that people can enter into the mystery, the deeper mystery of Christ's love for them. I pray that he makes me receptive um, to whatever the Lord has for me, whatever parish, whatever ministry. And I also just pray um, for that parish that I already have. I know a lot of us pray. Uh, we, we don't know what that parish is that I will serve as my first assignment, but I'm praying for that parish and those people even now. Excellent, excellent. Thank you. And, and Ryan, you're going to be ordained a deacon in the spring uh, in the Catholic Church. It is uh, at the ordination to the diaconate that... Uh, a young man who's uh, becoming a transitional deacon onto the way to the priesthood that you make a promise of celibacy. So in many ways it becomes uh, kind of, I I think, a a defining moment for a lot of young men as they're approaching ordination to the diaconate is, um, yes, I promise to pray the divine office every day. I I promise to, you know, faithfully, uh, you know, serve the Lord's holy word. But but I think making that lifelong commitment to, to live a celibate life uh, is is very important. What's going in on in your prayer life? What's in your on your mind and in your heart these days as you prepare in a few weeks to be ordained a deacon on your way to the priesthood? Sure. It, it dawned on me earlier today that today is five weeks until diaconate mm-hmm. ordination, and that's just crazy. Uh, like Deacon Clay was saying, this is sort of the moment that you, we've heard about forever. This is the day of celibacy, and this is the day of the promises. And um, it's kind of overwhelming, to be honest, because... On that day, it'll be real. You know, it'll be really the moment when the bishop looks at me and says, do you promise to keep forever this commitment? And mm-hmm. I was racking my brain trying to think of what else in the world involves that kind of promise. What does the world offer me that says, do you resolve to keep this forever? Really, anything in the world that I would choose to do, a job, a house, whatever, could be just contingent upon how I feel, at least in today's culture. And so that word forever is very daunting to me, especially because as a millennial, I'm only 24, relatively no life experience, and here I am getting ordained. Uh, But as a millennial, I think one of the things that we struggle with the most is this fear of missing out, FOMO, Mm -hmm. as we say. And the fear of missing out, I've actually heard, is a good way to define original sin, Uh, that that, that's the effect that it has on us, that we want to do our own thing, as you said earlier, I want what I want when I want it, because I fear my life without it. And so for me, going into ordination and looking at celibacy and, and seeing, hearing the voice of the evil one, certainly, hearing the voice of the world, the confused voices of my friends, my family in some cases, who don't know what it is to promise celibacy forever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, it's a struggle. You know, it's, it's a scary aspect of it. But to trust in the Lord and to, to know that Jesus is the one who is calling me, that Jesus is the one who says, I want you to be celibate, not so that you'll be lonely and miserable your whole life, but because I want to relive my mysteries again in you. Mm-hmm. Um, Father Luigi Giussani, who's the founder of the Communion and Liberation Movement, he talks about Christ as the companion of the world. Mm-hmm. So as an unmarried man, I'm not going to have you know three or four kids that call me dad, but I'll have thousands of people that call me mm-hmm. father. And I'm not going to have one nuclear family with a wife and however many kids to walk with. But as a priest, to be charged to be the companion for the world, as Christ is the companion for the world, right. is nuts <laughs> to right. think about. Yeah, no, I think you're you're both saying you know some very profound things as you're preparing for ordination. I think of Paul the uh, who wrote a very beautiful encyclical on priestly celibacy, 
And uh, as he kind of gave the different reasons why he was upholding celibacy as a requirement uh, for ordination in, in the Latin West, uh, he finally said, and if, if all else fails, think of this as a friend sharing with another friend a, a very profound secret, you know, that Christ is sharing something of his life, his celibate life with us uh, in, in the commitment that we make. And that while we often think of the practical side of being celibate, but also think of it as Christ, our friend, the greatest friend you can have, yeah. sharing with us something of his life uh, through this this sacrifice. Uh, Father Tim, are you still on the line? I think Correct. We I'm still here. Oh, good. Father Tim, as you're listening to this, anything you want to share about, you know, you know, as, as young men are preparing for ordination, things that, that are uh, resonating in you? Well, first of all, congratulations to both of our, our seminary and our deacon. It, it really is an exciting moment. And it, it, I always tell guys, there really isn't anything that can prepare you. I mean, that's the whole point of seminary. But suddenly you're just a deacon, or suddenly you're just a priest. And it, it, it's happened, and it just takes time to grow into it, to understand it, to live it from the inside, because all the, the priests and the people who have tried to teach you and form you, they're doing a great job, but ultimately it's going to be the Holy Spirit in your heart kind of unfolding it from within as you are living the priesthood that you're going to discover this incredible joy of, of being conformed to Christ in this way. So I just want to encourage you to say, I love being a priest, and it just it's going to be an incredible life to stay faithful and enjoy it, because there are all sorts of things that you'll discover as a priest that, uh, the, I just want to say, the adventure continues. So. Well, thank you, Father Tim. That's great advice. Uh, as we're about to about two minutes or so left in the show, anything, uh, thoughts that you want to wrap up with, Deacon Clay? Yeah, thank you, Father. We just appreciate that witness. Um, and ultimately, my mind returns to those simple but paradoxical phrases Jesus says, like, we must lose our lives in order to save them. If we try to save them, we'll lose them. That essentially there's something, um, there's always something to be lost in the sacrifice of what is truly worth seeking. Um, that in, only in total self-gift and total self-emptying can we truly find our true happiness, which is another John Paul II quote. And so, Father, we're just uh, blessed and thankful for your witness. And I, I agree completely. I've thought many times um, May 27th is ordination for me, and there's just no way to prepare myself for waking up one morning and not being able to forgive sins and not being able to celebrate the Mass and not being called much of anything, and then when I go to bed, I'll be called Father, and people will trust in me automatically, and I will be able to forgive their sins and celebrate the Eucharist. And it's just a, a, a wonderful uh, mystery, and, and truly I feel like we're just moving deeper into that mystery that God has prepared for us. A deacon, or a, a Brian, anything you want to share? Deacon-to-be. Deacon-to-be. Deacon nice a, ring to nice it. nice ring to it, yeah. I should put that on business cards. Well, Father, yeah, I just thank you for that witness, um, especially of your priestly joy. Uh, and I know you'll do great work as the new vocations director. Um, people, you know, if somebody says that they're thinking about a vocation, if somebody comes to you, a man or a woman says that, I think I'm called to enter religious life or to become a priest, like that's not the first time that they've thought about it and they didn't just let that come spurting out of their mouth. They've thought about it, they've prayed about it, and what they're looking for you, uh, if they come to you and tell you that, is to encourage them. So parents out there or educators or anybody in life, if somebody opens up to you and says that they would like to become a priest or a, a religious, listen to them and pray for them and encourage them to build up the kingdom. 
And let's close in prayer with Our Lady's song of praise, the Magnificat, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. May the Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for being with us today on WSFI Catholic Radio 88.5 FM. Father Mike McGovern, thank you, and please pray for vocations, especially vocations to the priesthood and religious life. God bless you. Have a wonderful St. Patrick's Day.